Slash New Jersey accent. That was a complete accident, yeah. by the way. Yeah. So the we were going to be back last night mm-hmm. for the next instalment, but somebody had to work. Mm-hmm. I Dirk. That's right. And so I am the exhibit, and I had to work late. Yeah. So we have to work around our schedules. So we we are trying to get it out around mm. Friday. Um. Sorry. It's so if it's not late. on Friday, it will be definitely up the next day. It's just with work schedules, it's, and considering that it's both of us doing this, it's kind of hard sometimes to put our schedules together, believe it or not, considering we live together and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's already 8.30 on a Saturday night, because Dirk had to work all day today too. Yep. So, um, sometimes we can do it after work, but not this week, because he had to be up early in the morning to work today. So, so you really don't care about our household no. demographics, but whatever. <laughs> You know. You know now. It's alright. I've got two days off next week. So far, I'm happy. Yeah, so we're going to hopefully catch up and, and actually maybe um, shoot some podcasts in advance. Yes. To get together, to get it together a bit better for you as well. That's a good idea, so. I thought so. Yeah. And just while we're still Brandy. talking to you real quick before we start this, please like, subscribe, share, whatever you have to do. To get us out there to help inform other people about what cool murders Australia has. Comment, ask questions. Yep, and also, we are happy to do Out of Australia and just give our spin on it. That's fine too. Um, We actually had a request for a female serial killer. And I actually have to do some research because apart from... I think you would classify Kathleen Goldbeak as a serial killer, killing her babies... But I don't think, I can't think of one off the top of my head. So I have to do some research on that. And if we don't have one in Australia, then I will have to do one outside of Australia. But just putting it out there. been quite a few notable Australian um, murderesses. Oh, yeah, definitely. But none that I would consider serial killers. Unless you include Catherine Folbig. Yes. And the baby farmers of the 1800s. Further research required. Further research required. So, keep an eye out for that episode in, in the coming weeks. Who are we discussing today? Sonia? We are doing the Queen Street Massacre. Ah, that rings a bell. Well, it was done before you were born. <laughs> but it was in the 80s, wasn't it? It was. It was in 80s, um, 1987, mm-hmm. uh, just before Christmas. Uh, 1987. So, yep. um, what I'll do is, a lot of this information I got off Wikipedia this week. So just letting you know that a lot of it's from there. No marks for that, still. No, no <laughs> marks for that. I've had a busy ass week, okay? I, I had to cheat a little. Okay, so the Queen Street Massacre was on the 8th of December, 1987. Mm-hmm. And it started at around 4.20pm and only lasted for about seven minutes. Only seven minutes? Full up. From, start, from go to woe, it lasted about seven minutes. It's surprising. Various um, fights acts of violence in history, how many of them have lasted for only a short amount of time? The mm. gunfight, the OK Corral, the shower scene in Psycho. I don't mean to be flippant, but... The, the Russell Street bombing. Yeah. Which was also in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head. Um, 
So, um, at around 4.20pm on the 8th of December, uh, Frank Vitkovic um, entered um, a building mm -hmm. at um, 191 Queen Street, Melbourne. Yep. And he had a very illegal sawn-off M1 carbine Ooh. gun in a brown paper That's bag. That's a very illegal piece. Now, Vitkovic, I think that's how it's pronounced, Vitkovic, he was born in 17th, on the 7th of September, 1965. Um, he was had a Croatian father and an Italian mother. Mm -hmm. um, Our Croatian-Italian viewers, please let us know if we're uh, between uh, the pronunciations. Yeah, please let me know if I'm screwing that up. Um, he had an older sister, and he grew up in West Preston, which is in Melbourne. Yep. Uh, he attended a Catholic college in Preston. And then he, he was also a keen tennis player. This does come into effect later. So okay. this is what I'm telling you now, his background before the events. Um, he was a keen tennis player, winning a number of local competitions, but he um, got a bad knee injury that continued on, and so his sporting career went downhill. Yeah. I understand that. <laughs> um, I was a martial artist, competitive, until I was 28 and diagnosed with uh, chronic pain disease called fibromyalgia. So I definitely understand the depression and the head games that go with it. Not an excuse for what he did, though. Mm. Um, he started a law degree in Melbourne Uni in 1984, but because he was poor, had poor grades, he voluntarily discontinued. He deferred, ah. in quotation marks, in early 1987. So early the same year that he did this. Yep. Okay. So now that we've done the quick background, and it was important, because those got that some of that comes into play later on in the story. Thought I'd let you know now. So he went to the fifth floor um, office of the Telecom Employees Credit Cooperative. Okay. Okay. And the reason why he went there is because a former friend was there, Con Margulies. He was worked there, and he was thought to be the primary target. Okay. For some reason. Um, Motive. Margulies was called to the counter and briefly spoke with Vitkovic, Vitkovic, who then pulled his gun from the bag. The, um, when he went to shoot Margulies, his weapon jammed. And so Margulies ducked behind the counter and ran off. Yeah, that was so lucky. Well, he had a very good reason to run off. Um, later on, you find out that he ran off hoping that Vitkovic would follow him mm -hmm. away from his co-workers. But that's what he said. So I'm not going to say that you can only go by what people said and that's what he said that was the motive for him moving like that. Yeah. And so he began, and when Margulies left, Vitkovic began firing and he killed a young female worker who worked in the office, um, Judith Morris. Uh, robbery alarm was activated by a staff member at 4.22pm. Mm -hmm. So that's the most definite absolute got him there at 4.22 p.m. Yeah. So, yeah, about about 4.20. It takes about two minutes to go up there and whatever. Yeah. Um, Margulies escaped the office unharmed, um, and he then hid in the woman's toilets for the for the ongoing next five minutes or so. Yeah. Um, no shame to him. I probably would have done the same bloody thing. Yeah. To be honest. Um, in the mouth toilet. If it was the closest freaking door, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wherever is the closest, that's adequate shelter. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Vic, Vic, 
Mitkovic then took an elevator to the 12th floor. And this floor had the um, security station for Australia Post, our postal system. Mm-hmm. There, he shot and injured a man and a woman. No names were given at the moment. He then pointed the gun at a woman sitting at her desk, only to pan to his left and shoot Julie McBain and and Nancy Avignone. Avignone. Yeah. I really wanted to... Or Avignone. Yeah, I wanted to justice to the victims. That's one of the reasons why we do this, is so that people don't forget the victims. Yeah, I believe, um, and sorry to all of our French uh, mm. viewers and listeners if it's, I butcher this. It's spelled A-V-I-G-N-O-N-E. So Avignon? Avignon. 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 Avignon, maybe. Yeah. But it's in that ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a man in the corner office on that level, Warren Spencer, was also killed. Vitkovic then ran down the stairs to level 11, firing just randomly, going, yeah, fuck you, yeah, fuck you. So indiscriminate. Yeah. That's the big word they use. Yeah. I just, no. Get over there, over there. (laughs) Uh, He stormed into the computer training center, shooting Michael McGuire at point blank range, killing him. He then moved to the northeast corner of the office floor, cornering several office workers at their desks. Marianne Van Ewyk, 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 Ewyk. It's like Van Dyke in um, Van Dutch. Eyck, Van Eyck, Van Eyck. Yeah, it's a Dutch. Dutch. Surname. It sounds Dutch. Yeah, it's E W Y K. So I would say Ewyk. Ewyk, Ewyk, Ewyk. Yeah, we've definitely got a multicultural work. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah. and that's fantastic. Yeah, it's just very hard to say sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine. Catherine Dowling and Rodney Brown were fairly shot in that area, some while hiding under their desks. Very Columbine-y. Mm-hmm. Although this was before Columbine. Yeah. Um, three other workers were wounded. Several victims were shot in the head at very close range as they attempted to hide. Um, a male worker in the office, Donald Mac- McElroy, who had been shot once, and mm-hmm. Tony Goyaya, G-O... G-I-O-I-A. Goya? Goya. Tackled Vitkovic while Frank Carmodity, who had been shot several times, wrestled the rifle off him. Goya and Carmodity were later awarded with um, our second highest bravery Mm. commendation, which was the Star of Courage. That might be Carmody, but it might not be. What did I say? Carmodity. Oh, Carmody. Carmody. Yeah. yeah, you're all right. All right. It's all good. Um, and a wounded female worker, Marianne Spateri, took the rifle and hid it in the refrigerator. Uh, Rosemary Spateri. That's what I said, wasn't it? No, you said Marianne. Oh, Jesus. Sorry. It's all good. Wolfie. Sorry, Rosemary. It's all good. <laughs> Just trying to keep the... Yeah, thank you. Stop looking over my shoulder, no, though. The name's accurate. You're supposed to be having an honest reaction to this. I know, but okay. if I hadn't, then yeah, yeah, all right, that would have right, gone right. out into the world. <laughs> Took the rifle and hid it in the refrigerator. Okay, I'm not looking anymore. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Vitkovic climbed through an open window, and he was trying, apparently trying to clamber away and onto an external ledge and climb up the building and shit. Mm-hmm. He ended up falling off and, and dying on impact, which was fantastic. 
Um, but Goya held him by the ankles, trying to prevent him to escape, but he fell and fell to his death. So. Yeah. Um, he did not fire at the police or into the street or anything. It was contained in the building. Yeah. Um, Died before he could be apprehended. Yep. Yeah. A bullet pierced a window on the 11th floor. Um, and it was believed that like a thousand people were in this building at the time. Wow. Um, Could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, obviously after he fell, police and members of special ops stormed the building looking for accomplices and bombs and anything that would have made this even worse than what it was. Yeah. So Vukovic had fallen at 4.27pm, so it was exactly seven minutes. But five minutes from the moment he set fire. Um... Started shooting. Yeah. So there's only five minutes of shooting. Um, they started the search at 4.30 p.m., the police, that is. And at 5 p.m., the special ops group um, confirmed that the dead man in the street was the gunman and the all clear was given for the police officers, to, uh, for the ambulance officers to enter the building to attend the injured. So it took them another... It took help to get to the injured about 40 minutes, which is a bit redonk. If you wow. Wow. Why the delay? They were looking for other things that, like accomplices and bombs and shit, and trying to confirm his identity. But still, these are wounded. I don't know. I just spilled casualties. You're good. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just spilled mocha all over myself. So enjoy that, people that are watching the video. <laughs> as long as it's not hot. Oh no, it's not hot. Okay, that's almost bone cold. Come on, it's mum coffee. <laughs> Alright, so... Still ridiculous. Yeah, so what do you think of the actual incident? That's um, pretty intense, especially since it's uh, confined to only five minutes of, uh, of shooting. Yeah, so it was eight... I think it ends up being eight dead and um, five injured. Mm. Yeah, eight dead and um, yeah, five injured or something. Yeah. Um, so we'll go on to the next bit? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, oh, um, you do have instances, uh, where there are shootings, mass shootings in confined spaces of, uh, the perpetrator or perpetrators, uh, either engaging with, uh, law enforcement, which didn't happen in this case. Well, the Lint Cafe scene. Exactly right. Or um, taking their own lives, committing uh, suicide, which did not happen, but uh, the the violence was nevertheless uh, ended through uh, the intended victims mm. fighting back and trying to restrain and protect and, and yeah. all of that. Yeah. yeah, those guys definitely deserved their um, star of courage. Although, mm. how come Donald McElroy didn't get one? He, he tackled him too, and he'd been shot. That's weird. I know, right? Mm. So, um, a search of Mikovic's room was conducted, um, and um, it was, they found press clippings, like press, like um, newspaper clippings and stuff, of the Clifton Hill Massacre. Mm. Um, and he had gone through and like underlined it with red. Yeah. And um, highlighted sections. Of the Clifton Hill so Massacre. Was it a shrine type setup? Or? I don't think it was a shrine. I think it was just like, um, oh yeah, these guys had a pretty good idea. 
I'm not familiar with the take Mill Massacre. Um, I will be looking into it, though. So just putting it out there. Um, he believed that he... The police believed that he always intended to shoot people in the building. Yeah. Um, and it was also reported that he left a note, but it wasn't a suicide note. Hmm. Um, there was a suicide note later, and we'll get to it later, but yeah. um, he did also intend to die. Okay. So he may have committed suicide. We don't know. So he didn't intend to walk out of there alive. Okay. Um, he obtained his shooter's license and had brought the gun a few weeks before the shooting. A completely legal. Yeah. He brought the gun. He went through all the checks, had his license, everything like that. Um, but he illegally modified the gun, which was um, a thirty caliber, by reducing the barrel's length. Yeah. It is illegal to do that kind of modification mm. here in Australia. Before this, it was illegal. After, it was really illegal. Yeah. And then after the Port Arthur massacre in the 90s, um, all our gun laws got completely screwed over. Like, like they're gone. Yeah. We don't, we, you can't get a gun without a bloody good reason. That's right. Um, so, just putting it out there. Yeah. Um, and it was loaded with jacketed ammunition. Um, I don't see how this is not a suicide note, to be honest. Um, it was addressed to his parents and dated the day of the massacre. Mm -hmm. And it read, Today is going... Quotation marks. Today is going to be the day. The anger in my head has got too much for me. I've got to get rid of my violent impulses. The time has come to die. There is no other way out. It had not been read by his parents before the police got it, but they're saying it's not a suicide note. His parents? No, 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 the police. The police are saying that is not a suicide note. Okay. I don't get that. I don't get that either. How do they he's interpret this not being suicide frequently note? said, I have, uh, he said, I have to get rid of the anger in my head and the violent impulses. So give us your old thoughts down below yeah. if you think it's a suicide note. And also he dropped the D word on us too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he so obtained the shooting license on the seventeenth of September, nineteen eighty-seven, mm -hmm. and at the in nineteen eighty-seven, a perfectly acceptable reason to get a gun license was hunting. So he said he used the excuse that he wanted to hunt. Mm -hmm. Didn't really say what he wanted to hunt, but that he wanted to hunt. Um, he put the he put the rifle on layby collecting it on the 1st of October, 1987. And before he and before he went and did the shooting, he removed both the barrel and the handle of the weapon. So it was basically just the shooting chamber. The firing chamber and everything. It's quite stripped down. Very stripped down and able to fit into a paper bag. Yeah. Much easier to, to conceal. Conceal yeah. was the word I was thinking of. Concealed weapon. Yep. After the shooting, um, a friend of the family said that he was an excellent student, a good tennis player, friendly and helpful, over six feet tall and very good looking. Although I don't know why over six feet tall and very good looking is appropriate in this in this um, case. Yeah, maybe it's just the shock of the, the, the moment leading the first things to come to mind being spoken. True that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I get that. Um, he also reiterated that he had been a promising tennis player and that was cut short due to the knee injury. Yeah. 
Also, after the shooting, was a rumour circulating that he sought um, help from the counselling service at the University of New Ah, the University of Newcastle. That's where we went to school. That's right. University wrong of, state. Wrong state. The University of Melbourne's yep. counselling service. He sought help from them mm-hmm. um, before going into the Queen Street and decimating everybody. Yeah. Um, but the head of law later told The Age, which is a, um, a newspaper. newspaper in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, her name was Susie Nixon, and she later told them that Vitkovich had sought counselling during his career with the law school, but he had not been on campus the day of the shooting. Mm. So it was unfounded. She also went on to say that he had, they had left, he had left the course... Um, on friendly terms with the school and it was like he wasn't upset and stuff like that um, about the deferral of his course in quotation marks deferral mm-hmm. um, he a club where he played tennis the secretary of that club did say that he had on-court tantrums and didn't accept loss easily um, he won a singles championship in the first year at that club but left the next year when he lost the title so he's a pretty bad loser. Yeah, that's pretty, um, yeah. Not good sportsmanship. No, not good sportsmanship at all. And, and like, he had been dealt a few big losses. Mm. Um, so you can see why he would seek counselling and that, but that does not excuse him going and shooting eight people and injuring five others and just being a general pain in the ass. Yeah. So the next year was the Coronial Inquiry mm-hmm. in September 1988. Yeah. Just after you were born. That's right. And they heard that there was chaos around the shooting, which it happens. There's someone shooting, people are running and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there was uncertainty over which police officers were in charge. Yeah. There was a bit of um, rigmarole around... Jurisdiction. No, I don't think jurisdiction. I just think... Um, Seniority. Chain of command. And maybe... Yeah. And maybe... Um, there was some confusion, I think, over um, when the person got there that was in charge, maybe that wasn't um, tele- telegraphed or broadcast properly or mm-hmm. something. Communication Communicated. was not as good as it could have been. Yeah. Um, when the ambulance men entered the building with police, the police shouted to announce their presence as lifts arrived at their destination. So as lifts were coming down from the floors, they were yeah. yelling police and stuff like that. Police on the floor also called out and pointed their guns in the direction of the lift. Um, according to the officer in charge, the first person on the scene, who was uh, just a traffic cop, mm-hmm. not trained in in um, hostage and, and shootings and stuff like that, as far as I'm, awa- I'm aware, yeah, um, he acted appropriately. He isolated the area and he made an um, accurate assessment of the situation. However... He had in in the officer in charge Fry's Fife's Fife's opinion. Fife, who was the officer in charge, he had in quotation marks an appalling lack of knowledge of police command structure for not realizing who was in charge until five p.m. So okay, um, Fife said the radio call signal they used to identify him as the officer in charge was used on the radio so there was a mix-up and maybe that mix-up is what caused the problem with getting the ambulance officers in to the to the injured people maybe um 
So, Con Margulies, he he testified in the coronal inquiry, and he said that he and Bitkovic had been friends for several years. He said that he did not know why why exactly um, the motive was there. Um, but he said um, when he saw him on the 8th of December, he pulled out the rifle and tried to pull the trigger and then aimed it at a female colleague and told her not to move. Knowing that Bitkovich could not move quickly due to a bad knee, he knew about the injury, so he knew that he couldn't move quickly. Yeah. Um, Margulies jumped over the counter and hid in the women's toilet on the fifth floor. Margulies said he expected that Bitkovich would come after him, leaving others in the office safe, as I said earlier. That yeah. was that was his reasoning behind that move. But honestly, even if there was no reason, I still would have done the same freaking thing. Um, of possible reasons for Vitkovic's actions, Margulies said that he had not seen Vitkovic in the months prior, saying that he really couldn't explain. Um, he said that he had be- that Vitkovic had become depressed and embittered after injuring his leg playing tennis, followed by a failed operation to re- repair the damage. He began to see little of Vitkovic due to his depression. Yeah, and as I said I I understand that. I understand that depression. I understand feeling upset and and bitter towards the whole situation, but that does not mean you go and shoot people. No. Um, another employee on the fifth floor office said that their colleague, Judith Morris, who was shot, as um, Margulies attempted to jump over the counter, he said after Con and Judy was in the way, he was after Con and Judy was in the way, the witnesses described Vitkovich's eyes as being those of someone completely insane Ooh. and his laugh as sick and not human, adding that he laughed after shooting Morris. So the That's guy troubling. was twisted. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that she's like a, a um, psychiatrist or something, but with all the other evidence of him shooting people and stuff like that, the guy was twisted. Mm-hmm. Um... Tony Goya, who got the um, award for Brave, the Star of Courage, sorry, told the inquest that he tackled Vitkovich, having just witnessed a co-worker being shot dead at point-blank range. He believed he would be the next victim once Vitkovich turned around and saw him. He said during the scuffle, Vitkovich lunged for the window and struggled to get out until he was hanging from the ledge, with Goya holding Vitkovich by the ankle. So... He's saying that he was holding him by the feet and Vitkovich was, like, head down. Yeah. So instead of saying, help me, pull me up, I surrender, he kicked Goya and fell to his death. And they're still saying it's my suicide. Yeah. Um, That sounds like mm. he was deliberately angling to be let go, Mm -hmm. to be dropped. Despite others helping to restrain Vitkovich... um, he struggled free and fell to the street. Um, a woman in a adjacent office building told the inquest she believed she saw a man in a blue jumper throw the man from onto the balcony and then push him out when he moved back to the window. Under cross-examination, she incorrectly identified this as occurring on the building's 10th floor, not the 11th, and stated that her building was 80 metres from, or 260 feet from the Australia Post building. So that's a fair way away. Yeah. To try and witness something. That's a bit... A bit dubious. Mm. 
But they always say that eyewitnesses are the worst forensic evidence. Yep. Because they just don't... They don't agree a lot of the time. Yep. And people see some things and don't see others. Yep. Um, I'm not saying... Too many differences. Yeah, I'm not saying that eyewitnesses aren't helpful, but you cannot base a whole case on just eyewitnesses. Yeah. Um... The counsel, the counsel for the coroner, Julian Lecky, judged that this witness was honest but mistaken. See? Yep. He, he said that photographs, which are very good forensic evidence, showed Goya was not wearing a blue sweater on the day. Evidence showed that Vikovic tried to jump and others tried to prevent this. So he was suicidal, I'm, I'm thinking. You wouldn't know. You need to wake up a bit, dude. I know, I realise. <laughs> um, it's been a big day, sorry. It has been. Um, Leckie also concluded that Rodney Brown would have died from his wounds no matter what was done. So, he was shot and nothing could have saved him. They were mortal. Mortal wounds. Um, the psychologist in charge of the team counselling workers and their families said the video of Vitkovich firing his gun on the fifth floor should not be made public because it would cause significant distress to those being counselled. He advised against publishing a still image of Vikovic taken from the video, although that has been released. There has been still photos released from the video. What about the video itself? Not that I'm aware of. Yep, still on a police poll? As far as I'm aware. Not that I'm on But, um, the coroner... Hal Halliston said the material presented at the inquest was public and had to be presented in a public way, which is true. Um, as far as I'm aware of legal ramifications in Australia, the coronial inquests are public knowledge. Mm. As far as I'm aware, I could be very, very wrong. I'm not a lawyer. I just know a little bit of law that needs to be, I need to know, but this is part of the law that I don't need to know, really. Um, media outlets had requested copies of the videos, blah, 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 blah. Um, there was no legal or illegal drugs or alcohol in Vitkovich's system, and he was killed instantly from multiple injuries consistent with falling from a great height. Yep. So he was completely sober doing this, mm. which I, I don't know. It just makes it sound even worse when, like... You think that, oh shit, he's completely sober. Yeah. I don't know what, it just makes it worse. So it makes it sound like he has some rationality and control over his, um, mm. over his thoughts and his being and his, his actions. Yeah. Um, his diary, Vikovic's diary, was read to the inquest on its 12th day. It included apologies to his family for his panned actions. And... A actual determined suicide note. Yeah. So there was a suicide note. He was suicidal. Um, among his comments to his sister, he wrote, It's time for me to die. Life is not worth living. The final diary entry, written on the day of the shooting. Uh, Today I must do it. There is no other way out. Early entries, early entries catalogued his sexual problems, which... Um, I'm sure would have not helped yep. at all. 
Vitkovich linked those to an incident when he was eight years old and was forced to undress in a school locker room and friends made fun of his uncircumcised penis. After this nudity was a dirty word for me, since the age of 12, I knew that normal sex was not possible for me and I avoided girls completely until I was 18. 19, sorry. In another entry, he wrote, I am the odd man out, there's no doubting it. And less than a month before the shooting, he wrote, as Rambo said in First Blood, once you accept a problem, it's no longer there. I'm sorry, anyone that takes Rambo as a hero, with all these issues, like, don't get me wrong, love Rambo movies. Ain't gonna live my life like his, though. Um, just, yeah, not right. Um, there was a coroner's hearing on the 4th of October, 1988, which is different to a coroner's inquiry, by the way. Um, Joe Dixon, the counsel assisting the court, said that the police response was satisfactory and no complaints could be made about it. So, even though there were some mistakes made, it was within the realm of what they considered to be lawful and did the job and um, everything would have worked out the way it worked out, whether the cops did anything different or not. Yeah, not requiring further investigation. He said it was fast and the decision not to send the the ambulance officers into the building until it was cleared was responsible, noting that no one died because of any delay. I do agree that it was responsible because they did not know if there was a bomb, they did not know if there was an accomplice, they did not know anything, and it would have taken a good while to clear all all the, the flaws, and we do not know if any first aid was rendered to any of the victims. Oh, that's not in the records. It's not in the records. So there could have been cops rendering first aid, and we don't know that. We're just, we just know that the, the ambulance officers took that long to get into, but that's not to say that there was no medical aid given. Mm. I'm not saying that there was, but I'm also not saying that there wasn't because I don't know. Um, he said the police officers who sent people back into the building truly believed he advised them to go to the top floor despite evidence that he did not. The hearing heard that while three of the people sent back to the building had emotional trauma, no person sent back died or was injured. Dixon conceded that the senior constable who sent people back into the building might not have taken the best course of action. So that cop was probably reprimanded and um, some policy was probably changed and they learnt from it and moved on, which is, as long as no one was hurt, that's fine. Yeah. Um, Dixon said a routine practice on the 12th floor where staff had to open a security door to talk to visitors rendered its security measures ineffective. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely quite um, And he said the fifth floor tele- telecom credit union security measures were adequate for all purpose purposes except the visit of a maniac, which I'm sure they were. Mm. Um, on the 11th floor, no one could have perceived the possibility of a robbery or violence. He said, um, Dixon said, Victorbitch's visit to the Melbourne University Council on the December 1986 could not have seen, could not be seen to have contributed to the killings. It was a full year beforehand. Really don't see it. Mm. Um, he said that Victorbitch yeah, probably brooded over the results of a Church of Scientology personality test given to yeah. him on the 8th of October 1987. Right. Um. 
the results of the said Scientology test showed that he had hit rock bottom, quotation marks. Um, granted, this was after he got the gun license. Yeah. And purchased the gun. The gun was on layaway, or lay-by, here in Australia, um, at the time that he took this test. So just remember that. The okay. gun was already secured. Yeah. Okay? I don't think this helped, though. No. The person administering the test did not advise Vitkovich to see a psychiatrist, but to enrol in a Scientology course. Yeah, because um, the Church of Scientology <laughs> has issues with psychiatry. Yeah. I know. Um, forensic psychologist Dr. Alan Bartholomew t- oh, sorry, told the coroner's court that Vitkovich would have been eligible at the time to be certified insane under the Mental Health Act. After studying Vitkovich's diary, Bartholomew concluded he was a paranoid schizophrenic and that there was no doubt the personality test worsened his depression and might have contributed to the decline in his mental state. I'm not saying that it didn't. As I said, I didn't think it helped at all. Still not an excuse to go and shoot people. There is no fucking excuse to go and shoot people. Even when you're mulling over... um... Is it Phaeton levels? It's various levels and, and, and such like with your personality mm. that's encompassed by these um, Scientology tests. Actually, I will, I, will, I will change that comment that I just made. There is no fucking excuse to shoot people if it ain't your job and you're not trained. That's it. And also, people might not know about the Scientology's attitude towards psychiatry. That's why I'm saying... No, 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 that's be... fine. Okay. Yeah, cool. that's right. fine. Um... Bartholomew agreed that Vitkovich was criminally insane at the time of the shootings and said Vitkovich could have identified with Rambo and the Hoodle Street killings. Another killing I'll have to look up. I'm not... Um, I don't remember them. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not versed in them. You're not okay with it. No, I'm not. Um, after hearing representations of by council representing the building's tenants directly affected the families of those killed and news media organisations, the coroner how Palestine refused to suppress publication of photographs taken from the... Oh, so he could have. He could have suppressed them, but he didn't. Um, a photo is taken from the fifth floor security video that showed Vikovic. He said those images would be made public at the end of the inquest, but the videos weren't, as mm. far as I'm aware. I have not found them. I've not looked for them either because I don't want to see them. But I have seen stills. So the victims were Judith Ann Morris, who was 19, Julie Frey McBean, who was 20, Annunziata, Annunziata. Nancy, in quotation marks, that was obviously her nickname. Avignon, Avignon, who was only 18. It could be Italian as well. Could be Italian. Warren David Spencer, 29. Michael Francis Maguire, 38. Marianne Jacoba Van Ewick, 38. Catherine Mary Dowling, 28. And Rodney Gerald Brown, 32. They all died of gunshot wounds. Now, this is where that whole comment about Brown having mortal wounds comes into it. Yeah. 
because he was still alive when police arrived on the scene but later died. The doctor who performed several of the autopsies told the inquest that even had Brown been taken to a neurological unit within 15 minutes of being shot, his chances of survival would have been very slight. He was shot in the head. So he could have been alive, but just not there at all either. Yeah. Um, he could be breathing, but just not there. Yeah. Um, so Tony Goya and Frank Carmody were awarded the Star of Courage for Conspicuous Bravery, as stated earlier. Claire Chalky and Donald McElroy um, received commendation for bravery. So they did get something. Yeah. And many of the survivors suffered post-traumatic stress. Well, no fucking shit there. Mm -hmm. So that was... They'll definitely do it. Yeah, definitely do it. That was a Queen Street Massacre. That was quite intense. That was quite intense. One of the reasons why I had to use Wikipedia is there was a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. As you can see. From from that's just like uh I had a look at about four or five journal articles, um and, and newspaper articles from the time as well. Yeah. And this was the most succinct way I could of getting it. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. For Five minutes of shooting, there was a lot of information. Yeah, and the aftermath and the lead up. Yeah, the coronial inquiry was insane. Yeah. Like, um, just nuts and long. I think it ended up going like 14 days or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's quite long, isn't it? Yeah, what do you think? Well, I think. Yeah. I think that um, a very sad, thwarted um, waste of a potential life. Yeah. There. Oh, and many lives. And many lives. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. From concerning the perpetrator, and because of all these circumstances, instead of um, seeking sustained uh, psychological counselling or anything like that, that nature, mm. um, multiple other people... Yeah, became fatalities. Yeah. And someone who... Fatally shot dead. Who couldn't get their shit together. Mm. And... Kind of got no help getting their shit together by the sound of it. Mm. Because of that, many other people paid the price for that. Mm. And I'm not just including the victims, I'm including the victims' families and... And even the stress that the police and ambulance officers would have undergone that day. Yeah. That they wouldn't have had to if this hadn't happened. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for the ambulance officers that were attending the people that had died because from the sounds of it, it was quite horrific. Um, yeah. What else? Well, it's interesting that um, two of the factors uh, that were uncovered as uh, potential motivations behind the the shooting were um, challenges, complications with both sporting and sexual prowess, Mm. which are things that um, both genders, but historically in in many cases it's been males. Yeah. And there's the whole... We've got to hang up about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was also going to say that um, traditionally, and at this time, um, was also before um, a lot of the 
more enlightened times of now that men should go and seek help. Yeah. Um, they were told they were told not to be babies and don't cry and mm. didn't go and get help. <laughs> yeah. And and so forth. And, no, and not that it is an excuse at all for his actions. No, but it's toxic masculinity. But bullshit. it is a systematic issue mm-hmm. that we are slowly trying to reverse. Like I know many men now that are quite happy to go and get counselling, including mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Um, but it is still something that needs to be to be battled and fixed, and men shouldn't be these big rocks of the family. They're not. They're human too. There's probably some sort of um, Freudian uh, psychological um, reading possible in the final climactic act of uh, act of violence, um, whereby the shooting, um, you know, it's it's not interrupted for a long time. It's not it's not thwarted. It's potent masculinity, which can't be fucked up. Basically, like with the. The, the, the tennis practice, the tennis matches with um with his sexuality, uh and his um yeah, hang ups about it where relationships with uh with women were concerned. Yeah, I think that maybe he saw himself as and I have no idea, this is just me thinking out loud because really no one's gonna have any idea who's not here anymore. Um maybe he didn't feel Manly enough, and I am using quotation marks. Manly enough. Maybe he felt emasculated. Maybe now because, I'm using quotation. Yeah, maybe because he couldn't do what he wanted to do, and and he 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 couldn't do the tennis. He didn't have great grades for for the law. Mm. He couldn't have relations with a woman, really. Yeah. Um, according to himself, of course. So yeah, um, he felt stunted intellectually too. Yeah. Still, not an excuse to go and no. fucking kill people, but. Mm. An excuse to maybe go get some fucking help. Mm-hmm. So that's just my opinion. And I'm sticking to it. What do you think? What's your takeaway from that? Oh, you wonder what it is? I haven't <laughs> been vocal enough. You have been quite vocal, my dear. Uh, just, it annoys me. As someone, and I'm, and I'm sure it annoys you too, as someone with mental health issues, that... We've worked very hard to to get to the point where we're at. Yep. And that, and just the help's there, but people don't take advantage of it. And then, mm-hmm. I, and honestly, I don't know what it was like in 1987. I was five, but the help is there now, and people that don't take advantage of it now, and then go on these shooting rampages and shit, I have no time for at all. Um, not that I really had would have time for bitch a bitch if he was still alive, but yeah. um, it was a different time, and we have to take that in consideration. Mm-hmm. But it's still no fucking reason to go and shoot people. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's my opinion. So as we ended up with our last one saying don't eat people, yeah. we're going to end up this one by saying don't fucking shoot people. Don't be like Vikovic. Don't yeah. shoot people. Don't shoot people. It's different now because the gun laws have changed, but just don't kill people. Don't shoot people. Yeah. It's a bad, bad life plan. Exactly. And you end up falling off a building. That's right. (laughs) 
All right, guys. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.